Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey, Postables. You're listening to Deliver Me a Podcast, brought to you by Casey, Jess, and Cami. A special thanks to James Jandrish for letting us use music on our show. Now, grab some Yoohoo, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back, Postables. Cammy and I are back to discuss more higher ground. And of course, we couldn't do this conversation without our good friend Shandell from Almina Downey Blog. Shandell, how's it going? Going well. Glad to join you guys. Yeah, glad that you can come and talk to us all about higher ground again. Um, except this time, Postables, we are just going to, listen, we are just going to gal pal session it out. We're just going to chat, chit chat. It's kind of like you're going to be a fly on the wall listening onto our conversation. We're going to keep it real here, folks, because... Some of you guys may or may not know that Shindell actually had the wonderful, fantastic unicorn of an opportunity to go on set. Yes. And Cammy <laughs> and I are all here for this. We want all the deets. Of course, you can get all the details on her blog. Yes. I did my homework. I went on alaminadowningblog.weebly.com and like literally went and searched and was like, ah, oh, set. Okay, read. Okay. <laughs> I did my homework. So this is very exciting. If you are not familiar with Shandell's blog, go find it, bookmark it, read through it. Maybe, I don't know if you have kids like I do, send them outside so that you can have a few hours to yourself so that you can read her blog. Hours, huh? Nice. I mean, <laughs> but for real, there's- Rabbit hole is what people like to call it. So. Rabbit hole. Rabbit hole, which is true. It is though. I link like a fiend and every blog post so like it is a it is a rabbit hole it I is apologize. but you'll love you'll love what you find it is I mean in her post she does have those links and you're just like reading and you're like oh this is so good click and how does this fit in with this last post and then you'll read that and you'll be like oh more things I didn't even think about click <laughs> keeping you just keep going and going and going it's so apparently right. Casey's going down a rabbit hole right now, right now. <laughs> how about you and I just keep chatting <laughs> hey I'm talking up her blog so people can go I write that it's rabbit free, hole it's free publicity like, it is so free publicity exactly here for it keep going <laughs> super fun and yes hours I think a lot of people who discover your blog actually say they spend hours just yeah. rabbit holing yeah yeah um because you started that in 2014 is that correct 15 2015. 2015 like the day before from Paris with Love aired okay so oh. I launched it the day before because I was mm -hmm. like I wanted to lead up to things like so that would have some relevance kind of right in the immediate aftermath and so that's kind of where I launched that that's just kind of going ever since a little less frequently as of late just because of how life goes and stuff like that but 
there's plenty, there's like 600 plus posts for you guys there. So even if I'm not writing right this minute, there's plenty for you to go through. Lots to do. Yes. Lots to do, lots to read, lots to review. You'll go back and watch the movie again just to see if like, you know, it tracks, you know, the stuff that I'm saying on the blog tracks of it all, you know, it's hours of fun. Hours of fun. Family. (laughs) Five years worth. Yes. (laughs) Yes, pretty much. From Paris with Love. Postables, if you have not listened to our episode or movie recap of From Paris with Love, Shandell joined us with that episode. So go back and listen to it. Um, I know we've had quite a few new listeners. So hello, friends. Um, Thank you for listening and make sure you go back and listen to those episodes with Shandell. Now, that took two. That took two. Yes, that took two. Oh, yes, it did take two. We literally had spent like four hours that night talking about From Paris with Love. Pretty much. Yep. But tonight we talk about From Higher Ground. So let's start with the set visit. Cammie and I, when when we found that out, we were like, how? (laughs) They bet. When they said... Sure, come on down. I was like, oh my, like, <laughs> might as well have been a nuclear bomb went off. It was unbelievable. I thought like this, this, I just actually have this email that said that's a yes, right? Like that's a real thing. No, I did. It was, it was, it was, it was real. So wait, you, you asked them or they invited yeah. you? Well, I said, I, well, so I had a relationship with some people on Martha's team that started kind of like, like in January of 2016. So I went in November of 16. And so that's kind of like when I first got my first touches kind of with those folks, Um, a lot of the cast interviewed with me uh, before a few of the movies. So I was starting to kind of like build a relationship at that point. And um, like one of the things that I'd figured out is that they'd actually been talking about potentially bringing me to set at some point. Um, But then I just had the boldness to ask in an email. I said, I know you guys are gonna be filming really soon. Is like there any way that I could come? And you know that the you know, spoils go to the bold, <laughs> and so that's what. And so they said, you know what, we will we will look into this, and we will kind of like let you know what how the um, schedule tracks for filming, and we will find a day that works kind of best, so you can kind of meet the most folks, and we will go from there. And so it was just kind of it's probably in October, like yeah, kind of in October this many years ago, about four years ago, that I was kind of waiting to see kind of how things would shake out. Um, as far as the day that would be picked and all of that kind of a thing. So I was like, this isn't really happening, but it did actually happen. Wow. <laughs> and like, well, you have a choice of two days. Here's one day where Kristen will probably not be there, but then there's a day where she will be there and everybody will be in the DLO and we can go. And I was like, I will take that day, please. And thank you. And uh, we're actually glad that I chose the second day because if I had come the day before, it would have like spoiled some parts of the, of the, of the movie. So they were like, we're glad you came this day because actually would have spoiled some things. And I was like, great, perfect. <laughs> well, you can, tell, you can tell us now what it would have spoiled, right? Um, yeah, so the day that I went, well, it's funny because this day fell in between what I would say were probably two pretty pivotal days. So um, I went on a Friday, the Thursday before, um, they were actually in the mailbox grill filming the scene where they suppose that Hattie has passed, like where Shane is on her computer with Ramon, there's Ramon and Oliver and Rita and Norman and Shane and they're all there and it would have been, that's the part of the story where they're figuring out that maybe Hattie has passed. 
Okay. So that was, um, yeah, that was it. That was the day. And then there were some other scenes where I don't think Kristen was there for, or there was something about she wasn't there at that particular time. So they were probably filming some stuff from the end of the movie, maybe, or from some other part of the script. So so yeah. the so where they found out that Hattie was probably dead was that yeah. the day that you were uh that was the day before I went that was okay that was the day before you went okay the day I went they were in the DLO filming sort of that opening sequence where they were trying to figure out um about the letter itself the one where Norman they figure out Norman has been arrested for penguins for like trying to steal a <laughs> penguin well I was returning it it was that whole <laughs> Like that sequence in the DLO where they're talking about like the potato and what should we name it? And where, you know, that like first day sort of that they're working on the letter. So oh. I spent the whole day there watching them film pieces of that sequence mm -hmm. and like being selectively removed from the room. <laughs> like my mother just was like, let's just go like look around. And I was like, great, let's do that. <laughs> This is a really picturesque place where this is like situated, where they mm -hmm. actually are at or were at um, for this particular like DLO, yeah, uh, like set. I almost we drove up to it and I didn't even know where we were going. I was just like, cool, like an industrial area because the uh, the Britannia Mine Museum is right in that area as well. Mm -hmm. So like they're very close in proximity, and so I'm like seeing this thing over here, and then I'm seeing this over here, and it seems it's not until you get right on top of it. That you even re like realize all the people that are working around and like doing sets and lighting and like all of the activity that a set requires. <laughs> right. Like, oh, we are here now, which is pretty cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. So how long were you there for? Was it like a eight hour day or? Whole, oh no no it was a it was a whole day. It was a really long day. And the crazy thing about it is that it's almost it's three o'clock at all times like the way that they have the lighting set up is mm. like you think it's daytime all day and then we walked outside and it was pitch black and I was like oh my gosh it's late <laughs> like, <10 laughs> yeah, they actually were very generous because they thought that I was I think they thought I would sleep in because I had flown the, just like the previous day mm -hmm. from all the way from Ohio up to Vancouver Columbia like British Columbia right and um like I then I ended up meeting Martha and Zach and Gregory like all in that first little like that first evening like when I first got there and you and had dinner with them right part. yes I met both of them okay wow. yeah. They, it was it was crazy so Martha and I, Martha met me first and we were at this hotel that I was staying at and we were just kind of sitting like getting to know each other a little bit and she's like yeah we'll probably have some guests like come by a little later and I was like cool like I didn't know who she was thinking and then I remember distinctly like while we were having a chat she's like oh there's somebody and I look over and it's Gregory Harrison I was like whoa <laughs> you're real <laughs> because I was like he just kind of was like walking up really chill because I mean they've known each other for like all these years and right. working together now and here I am just like this is the first person I'm gonna meet it was amazing it was just it was amazing and <laughs> it's unbelievable right? it's unbelievable <laughs> and then I'm like I'm reminding myself he's a person like he's a person mm -hmm. person Martha's a person they're all human beings people right and right. then and so he sat down I got to know him a little bit you know they were talking a little bit about yeah I've read some of your blogs like sometimes when Martha you know I have a question for her and she'll actually say well why don't you go read this <laughs> I was like no you're kidding and she's like yeah that's absolutely true or something I'm paraphrasing it's been four years but right. he was just, yeah I just read the latest thing that you wrote about Joe what 
Yeah. Like, so I don't realize that. She's like, I thought it would inform, Martha won't ever tell her actors, like, mm-hmm. what the answer is, which I think is really neat. She'll say, yeah. I want you to sort of interpret it, but here's some sort, here's something to look at that may help you inform something. Right. Go do your homework. Yeah, it'll maybe make you help, like, help you make a decision about certain things or, right. you know, like, have some more perspective on mm-hmm. that situation, which is, like, incredible that that's even a thing. That yeah. You even think to do that. Yeah. They also used the blog I figured out while I was there to test how close we are to the actual answers. Sometimes they laugh because <laughs> we're so far off, <laughs> like because we use the blog for speculation, you know. And sometimes they mm-hmm. use it to actually inform like pieces of the work that they're doing, right? Like, as a forward. So I thought that was all really interesting, and it actually proves, I think, that some of the work that Alameda and Downing has done, and that the the, the community has done is really shape certain pieces of the narrative of SSD, mm-hmm. even if it is like maybe in ways that are imperceptible, mm-hmm. but like the, the work and, and sort of the fandom and, and just the passion, I think of the postables yeah. comes through in ways that maybe they don't realize that are like a direct result of kind of their, their passion. Yeah. I think that's awesome because it's one thing to be playing a character so long that you just see it from your point of view, but seeing it from a different perspective, like how people view you or your character, I think that's super helpful too. Cause then you're like, Oh, you know, maybe I could do this. Maybe I could do something different. Or I never thought they thought of this yeah. of me <laughs> being this way, you know, but that's right. really cool. And a lot of pressure. I think I would have passed out. <laughs> because you know I just felt like I felt like I guess I'd already had the endorsement in a sense you yeah know, that's true and then from them and so it was like just keep doing what you're doing I don't ever think I ever felt a pressure to like do any certain sort of thing or way I just mm-hmm. kept going yeah just forward and yeah. so that was pretty that was kind of the best part so it was really neat for it to hear that he was doing it and then yeah. what I think I appreciated most is that the next person who walked in was Zach and he actually said he brought me a bottle of wine believe it or not I don't drink but it was a really nice bottle of wine and he actually said this is from or he introduced himself as um Ramon Rodriguez's better looking cousin that's how he introduced himself Zach introduced himself as Ramon Rodriguez better looking better looking cousin, cousin. Yeah. only Zach would do such a thing and like it's so funny kind of, it was, i don't know of, i think jeff would say something like that he might he, he, jeff like, would yeah jeff yeah. was great jeff offered me a hug he's like do you want a hug i was like yes like <laughs> i'll take that <laughs> thank jeff. you yeah he was great yeah everybody was great it was it was insane how great everybody was mm-hmm. yeah be in their space and just kind of observe them mm-hmm. and I honestly thought and I think this is in the blog is that I thought when I went on set that there was going to be like a note in the sides for that day which in sides are sort of the pages they're working from in the script that day like yeah that blog girl's gonna be there so like don't say anything to her don't speak <laughs> to her don't because do- I would you know because taking it back to the blog like wouldn't that be the first thing but everybody was super open with me and I think mm-hmm. they understood intuitively that I wasn't going to go back and like wreck the whole plot you know right like, even Martha even let me read a, like the first couple pages of that script so mm-hmm. like that opening sequence where um they're kind of the Hurricane Katrina sort of set up page right. um and it's just really cool to be able to read from the script yeah uh, set goal which they definitely made sure I got to support uh, do some of and if you don't know what set goals are there was a blog post that I wrote 
probably after the first first year, probably in the first six months about, okay, if I went on set, these are like the 25 things that I would want to do. And um, actually it was funny because it was actually a priority for them. Like they had found this blog and actually had set some things up so that I could like check some of those off the list mm-hmm. um, and actually do them, which was fantastic. That's awesome. Yeah, I got to sit in Oliver's chair. I got to count the money in the swear jar. Um, they <laughs> which is how much? Props. Um, 111 U.S. and Canadian dollars and some miscellaneous cents. I didn't get a chance to actually like count count. Like I was kind of there with the bowl because it's hung up, it's suspended, and they couldn't pull it down. Otherwise, right. it would have, like, like continuity and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So like I just was like looking at it from below, like through the glass, like trying to count some of the money. And I'm like, I'll just estimate about 100 bucks here. It's a tax <laughs> jar. They do use it. If you do say something on set, you do have to contribute. Did you witness that happen? Contributors that day that I will not name because I love them all so dearly. They've Um, already thrown themselves under the bus. Well, in some regards they have, but like, I won't go and like name who the person was that I distinctly remember Martha saying, I'm glad I did not have the headphones on for that one. everybody was like oh like the minute they they know like when you do it they everybody just like will roll react obviously and so Martha's like well I'm glad I didn't have the headphones on for that it's kind of like when you're at school and like one kid does one bad thing and everybody just turns their head yeah you said the s word you're in trouble it was like that it's kind of like that yeah something like that it was was funny it was and you can tell though that that's there's a certain culture like on her mm-hmm. set like there's some things you don't do there's a way that she keeps the integrity of the set and she like from the bottom like from the littlest thing is to the biggest things and it keeps a particular culture around their set that's like really professional and like respectful and supportive and I think that's something that's really important to her like she keeps mm-hmm. her sets that way so that it like maintains that environment for everyone involved I yeah. admire that so, so like, much yeah that everybody is being supported everybody's being respected and I it shows and one of the things that I heard some of the folks on the set specifically say to me is that they're almost shell-shocked when they go to other sets because the standards are not the same mm-hmm. and they almost want to come back it's like can we do another movie like out so so they can go back to that environment it's very important and it, it wasn't something I really considered um when I like at all it was just mm-hmm. something that kind of came up in the course of conversation and I didn't realize kind of like how that can impact like the entire culture of a set you know oh, yeah. down kind of the levels of support or respect that are sort of you know demanded um but are followed and kind of how you can go somewhere else and feel shell-shocked because it's not the same it's so different um so that was really neat and, and it definitely was like if I was ever you know in charge of something like that that's kind of the thing that I would want I would want people to go someplace else and say I want to go back to where I was you know to be able to like work with that person again yeah, and that's absolutely. why you probably see a lot of the same names over and over again in the credits is because those are the same folks are going to go right back, mm-hmm. you know, to the, to, to her sets and to work on her projects. Yeah. Did you see any bloopers on set while you were there? A little bit. Yeah. I mean, there was, the, the, you know, there was a couple flubs. Um, I remember Kristen specifically having issues with the word picayune, which I would have too, because remember there's that, um, she's talking about Hattie and she sees this article about Hattie speaking to like the school board or to like the city council and like the New Orleans Times-Picayune 
and she has to say it like in a sentence with her yeah there's a line that she says like in that particular like set of 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 dialogue that you probably don't remember completely missed it yeah (laughs) she talks about the new orleans times picayune and i would never have known that that word myself so they actually ran it a couple times so that she could say it or have somebody say it for her and they thought they would go in and i think you might be able to see it um like actually how they cut that scene where I don't know if, if she went in after the fact and did the um, automatic dialogue replacement for that phrase. Oh, okay. Cut, you know how they sometimes cut mm-hmm. scenes so that you don't see the person speaking? I think if you that might be one of those scenes that you hear, but you don't see her saying it. And I think it's because that word was like tripped her up a couple of times. <laughs> I mean, picky. It's not, a, it's not a normal word. Like what is no. it? I don't know what it means. I'd have to go like look it up in the dictionary and even yeah. find out was or like means so yeah. I'm not surprised but like you do see them be humans like mm-hmm. I think I remember like one time it was part of like longer it was part of the I guess latter part of the day that I actually remember Eric and Jeff and I think I, I think I heard Jeff say something about I think I could probably do this scene without pants because he's behind the desk like the whole time and, and then <laughs> like I should try this scene without a shirt and nobody flinched like everybody had headphones on I had headphones on because you can hear the dialogue and like how it you know fits into the scene and like no one flinched and it was just like I feel like this is like what happens at the end of longer days like they start to say funny things that no one like even reacts to but I did <laughs> I'm over there like chuckling in the corner they like, become what? college students at two in the morning <laughs> yeah kind of thing yeah so I'm in the corner of the DLO kind of situated where one of the big fans is at on the far mm-hmm. side um away from obviously where the action's taking place and that's kind of where I spent most of my day just kind of chilling and I was really fortunate that she let me stay the whole day I think the actual intention when I got there was for me to only stay for like up to lunch maybe but I'm like but I actually kind of love this can I stay <laughs> and, so, like, and she asked the cast believe it or not and they said it was okay which was like a huge honor so yeah uh, yeah it was it was really neat just to be able to spend time in their space and, and just absorb it because it's just it's larger than life the detail yeah. mm-hmm. every letter everything it's just every piece yeah. everything it's so so detailed yeah I mean yeah I mean like the bathroom behind me because you know of course I live in the DLO for those of you watching on YouTube no no <laughs> recreated it what are you talking about but yeah I mean like you could see uh, like there's so many tiny things like behind Oliver's desk that you know I never really paid attention to until like seeing this particular picture and you're like there's a lot of stuff on there Mm -hmm. um did you find any easter eggs on set I found the engraved box um with the stamps in it from from Paris with Love that says my hero that Holly gave Oliver he that was still, still has it? It was still on his desk. Yes, it was. And the top was particularly heavy because it's engraved. Yeah. He does. And actually, I was I picked it up and said, so uh, what's what's this about? Because Eric was sitting at the desk, behind the desk, in between scenes, and Martha was there. And she said, it's to remind him of how close he came to disaster. I was uh-huh. like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I was like, well, I am kind of love this, and I feel like I should know more. So, <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was, it was neat. It was just neat to be in that space and to see the Darkroom Diet Awards and to be able to hold one in your hand and actually just Mm -hmm. like feel it and see it. And there's so many little postal trucks in that little display case behind Oliver's like Mm -hmm. desk. It's so neat. It's just so neat. Everything about it was just 
like so it's almost like this ethereal vibe of like this is like this larger than life space and you never think you'll see but like it's just this timeless space it's incredible it's just incredible well hopefully he got rid of the calendar um I, yeah I don't know about the calendar I didn't see any calendars <laughs> I <wasn't aware> <laughs> <of any> calendars <laughs> That would have been really nice, though. Yeah, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. I mm-hmm. did see. Um, what did I do? What else did I see? Oh, I actually saw um a recipe for the kombucha smoothie, like the one that Eleanor actually put together. I actually saw it. It was actually in a box on um like Shane's desk, and I think I actually saw some of the ones that maybe Oliver had worked on. I'm not 100 percent sure. Oh. But I saw the photo because I'm like I'm actually curious. Like, what was that? <laughs> I thought maybe. <laughs> point but they never did but like yeah it was just so neat I saw her desk her desk is incredible it's actually malfunctioning (laughs) that day so like the screen wasn't like cooperating and so I think they were gonna have to go back and like work on that in like the VFX or something like Mm -hmm. that later just because it wasn't working at that particular time but yeah crazy how much stuff like just like there's just the whole space It's, it's insane I can't almost can't even describe it because there's just so much to say about it. Oh, the pneumatic tube, not real, by the way. They actually use a piece of string mm-hmm. to pull something up through there. But that's that was cool because I did ask. I'm like, um, and how is this? How does this work? <laughs> like, no, it's actually not real, and this is how we do it. And I'm like, well, that's fantastic because I would it like totally fooled me. Oh yeah, totally fooled me. Let's uh, speaking of Eleanor, let let's talk about Eleanor for a little yeah, bit. She's yeah. kind of the She's kind of the presence Mm -hmm. that we, she's that person, if, if you'll, if you'll pardon the comparison, but she's kind of like Charlie in Charlie's Angels. You know, we don't, we don't ever get to actually meet her, but she slips in and out of scenes through conversation. Mm -hmm. Did, uh, Did Martha share any insight as to why they never brought her in and or anything like that well what happened is okay so in the pilot there's actually a woman who plays Eleanor so if you watch the scene where we, uh, we, wa- we saw that yeah that first, yeah that that like voluptuous looking blonde in the back who's eyeing Oliver that was Eleanor like she was supposed to be Eleanor like that was supposed to be but that actress ended up like getting a full-time spot on another show so like um. the, the path they were going to take with Eleanor ended up being completely different than like what ended up actually happening and so at the end of the day I think the best I can tell or remember is that they just decided to leave her in sort of that unseen character who Mm -hmm. just kind of like floated throughout and they made like offhand references to, but then they actually started to actually have a purpose. It actually Mm -hmm. started to get them somewhere narratively um, as far as kind of who she was and how she intersected with the different characters. And that's what I think I like the best about her is even her name, which is, it's crazy because if you even look at her name, it's shining like Eleanor means shining light and if you and Van Teesdale means in the valley of the river cheese but if you take out the geographic part she's the like uh, a shining light in the valley of the river and what I think I like about her is because there's so many references to water and rivers and mm-hmm. like you know you know Christ is you know living water and so I think there's some um like references there obviously on the spiritual realm but also mm-hmm. from like a, a practical point she is somebody who's guiding them in a direction that kind of kind of allows them to cross out of the valley that they've been in or mm-hmm. Oliver has been in if you think of because he's the one main character who you think of most because he's been in this kind of plateaued state they try yeah. to figure out how to get out of um and that's 
the the letter from um, mm -hmm. Gabe to Hattie and that whole thing that sort of unfolds over the course of higher ground is that moment that gets him over like out of out of the valley you know and into a new space in his life and in his even his relationship with Shane so yeah. like, I feel like that's one of the very like subtle ways it's like a fraction of kind of the full breadth of who and what Eleanor represents sort of in the course of the postable story mm -hmm. but I think it's kind of really neat that she has like even her name like down to her name specifically yeah she kind of has this like purpose and she's kind of bringing people kind of across and into these new seasons of their life and it's kind of this ongoing thing it started almost with her death in Lost Without You because of all of the things that you see happen afterwards sort of trigger Shane to think more about wow I should have taken that time to go um to go see her and mm -hmm. I don't want Oliver to miss his chance to be with his dad and so she takes that pack and sends it to, sends him out into the wilderness with his dad and so like all the little ways that even Eleanor is impacting that narrative that sort of flows then into higher ground yeah I think it's sort of really really unique and kind of and definitely special and there's just so much more to it all of it's on the blog <laughs> a nice little plug for the blog because there's tons of posts about who Eleanor is and kind of the role that she plays starting out and then how she kind of transitions to being almost a catalyst for a lot of the movement that you see take place between um, Norman and Rita and Oliver and Shane in the mm -hmm. course of those two stories. Yeah. Her, influence, her influence really shakes things up in a lot of ways. And that's one of the reasons why I think it's cool that they didn't make her a physical person. Mm -hmm. Because somebody who is unseen can have so much more of a grasp on a situation. Someone who is unseen can have a whole lot more influence mm -hmm. and can... Uh, and can help shake things up to help people see things that they might not have otherwise seen. Whereas when you're having a conversation with somebody, it still does it, but in a very different way. Mm -hmm. So that, that was, that was uh, something that I thought was very cool that because on a completely practical side, they didn't have to find an actress to <laughs> pay, you know, they, they, right. they didn't, they didn't have to pay somebody. They just reference her, yeah, but, uh, uh, but you know, that's, but that's the totally practical side, but on a much more, on a, on a much more philosophical level, she's kind of the person that pushed and tugged and moved them, you mm -hmm. know, and kind of veered them. Yeah. Handed them passports, if you will. If you will. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. And I, I love the fact that she she is that light for all of them, like her name. That's super like mind blowing. And because everybody seems to go to her separately, you know, yeah. everybody has a separate relationship. Cause I know a lot of times with, you know, sometimes when you're at work, it's like a group of people go to this wise sage person together as a group, like mom, you know. But in this sense, it seemed like each of them had a separate thing that they confided into Eleanor, or like with Eleanor and like she was like their guide. 
through those valleys. It's- I mean, Oliver even told her about the date with Shane, which I don't yeah. even think he told anyone else about. Like and we talked, we talked about that yeah, in our writing, recap. Yeah, yeah. yeah writing that little note, and you're like, wait, like she, he went to her to, to talk about that. It's so interesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. that she's this person that they confide in, and then even Dale has a relationship with her. If you want to go back to also that, because she was in there, you know, went to the same church. Mm-hmm. Like there are all these people that kind of knew her, loved her, and, and had these different little relationships with her, and I feel like those little relationships obviously turn the key for a lot of them well mm-hmm. oliver says it in lost without you everyone knew eleanor yeah <laughs> but then you find out they really did and they really they did really did relationships too with the smoothies and everything like it's just crazy like how many little you know different things there were that mm-hmm. all kind of connected back to her and they they brought her to they, they brought her even more to the four which i thought was interesting during this very specific transition to me to like more of a spiritual element in the show because to me laws like lost without you higher ground have the most like spiritual implication you can draw right bible straight book mm-hmm. bible from oh yeah and like but then that's when they kind of chose to like bring her forward to sort of like like i think emphasize some of these elements by being that unseen that unseen person and unseen character so yeah I think that was really, really smart of them, whether they intended for that to be the case or not. Mm-hmm. But it just really flowed very well narratively to yeah. kind of keep, keep things going, kind of keep her alive. And what I think is interesting is that actually that's her that's that's Martha's mother, the person they actually do end up giving like the visual the element. Picture. Yeah. yeah, the picture at the funeral. That's actually Martha's mom. Yeah. 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 For the longest time I was kind of like, oh my goodness, is this is this person like an actor or is she like passed because you know I was you're so moved and you're so you know into the scene of the funeral and then like when it like clicked I was like oh this is actually a person mm-hmm. but I yeah it's very fantastic kind of to know that that is Martha's mom you know yeah. kind of like a tribute to her yes so confession when I started uh watching ssd i had not i knew who martha williamson was because i had uh seen a couple of episodes of touched by an angel but i did not know what she looked like Mm -hmm. and so when i saw that picture at first Mm -hmm. i thought it may have been martha because i didn't i didn't know how old she was i didn't know what Mm -hmm. she looked like and so i said oh i wonder if that's martha (laughs) (laughs) Well, they share features because they are yeah. related. So. Yeah, but then I saw Martha like, no, nope, no, no, that's not her. That's, that's not Martha. Not, that's not Martha. No. <laughs> so let's talk about some other fun things from higher ground that everybody loves to either gush or gripe about. And it's the kisses. Oh man, you're looking straight at me. Aren't you? <laughs> okay, so let's talk first about the e-flat lounge kiss mm-hmm. the story behind that um because there is postables if you did not know there is a story much deeper than the whole um the callback to an affair to remember there's actually a few other things that went into this scene so you mind sharing a little bit about that Yes. So there is actually a story. She is not wrong. Um, the E-flat lounge is, well, first of all, the E-flats was a, um, I think, acapella or singing group that Martha was a part of um, at Williamson College, which is located in Massachusetts. That's where she went to school. And that was the singing group she was a part of. So that was kind of a nod to them um, that she did that. Um, that was, so that's one thing. 
Um, but about the scene itself, so that whole date was actually supposed to take place a little differently. Um, they, they were actually supposed to have the whole thing about them walking, which I think you kind of can get a feel for this because of how the scene is cut. But they were actually supposed to take the, the Jag, Oliver's Jag, to um, this, this date. Um, and the, the, what happens was it's supposed to actually like break down and they're supposed to have a whole conversation about some different things. And what happened is the Jag wouldn't work. So that's why they decide to like walk and they're completely dry because you think if they're walking in the rain, they'd be wet when they roll into the, you know, you flat. Right. Well, no, because <laughs> no, because that's not, they end up walking, but that's not for the reasons that you think. Um, and so they end up having to like rewrite some of how this scene and the script and things are supposed to go. And I remember uh, Martha telling me that her and Kristen sat down like in the place where they were gonna do the lounge to like write this, rewrite the scene and like write everything out like it was supposed to be or like it like would fit better with the situation that actually happened. The jag um, was a little too early for its cue, huh? Yeah, a little too early for its cue. <laughs> yeah, so they didn't end up going that route. But, um, and it wasn't supposed to be like raining when the kiss happened either. And so what they ended up actually doing was they, the cast, well, no, the crew, they went to like great lengths to make sure that they could still kind of make this, this kiss happen. And so they put up these like huge things. It was the very last night of filming and they're trying to make all these adjustments to like what they actually thought was, you know, supposed to be and what they ended up making it. And um, so that they actually constructed like an overhang so that they actually wouldn't get wet because it was pouring down rain. Mm -hmm. So they couldn't really get the things they were trying to get and the things they were trying to get, they had to make different. And so they actually ended up like constructing that um, with a lot of love to make sure that they could still execute the vision that Martha had for sort of the date and the scene and everything that was gonna go on, even if it had to be completely like recapped and made different. Mm -hmm. So that was really neat. <laughs> it's a really yeah. neat story. Then, like, the more details about that are also on the blog. Called, like, the rain date, how they actually made it happen. Because it was yeah. completely different. And that was one of the neat stories that I got to, got to kind of hear about how they ended up making. Yeah. Was it supposed happen. to be on the stairs still? I think it was supposed to be, um, like, in a park or something on stairs. Oh. It was supposed to be somewhere else, I think. I'd have to go back and actually read my own article. To find out. <laughs> but, um, like... <laughs> late you guys it's been like so long but um it was supposed to be a little bit different but it was yeah. all sort of happen it was all supposed to sort of happen but it happened out of order essentially is kind of what the thing is kind of the, the thing yeah gotcha yes the 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 kiss that we like to gush or gripe about because we didn't get to see them kiss hey you're not the only one cammy there's like a lot of people that i see in the postables group that they're like i wanted to see that first kiss. yeah she's not wrong both i i i gripe and i gripe and gush about it <laughs> yeah yeah and then um the other thing too is the um the story about the final scene, because I know, first of all, I know that you put on your blog that they had a kind of a nickname for you, like Scoops, trying to... Oh, that's something, actually, <laughs> Scoops was actually a nickname that, um, like, they had for me, um, they had for me, like, on the blog, so that was a nickname because of all the work that I had done to sort of mm -hmm. do, like, all the behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, they called me Scoops, so <laughs> they didn't actually call me Scoops on set, but what happened 
was during um, one of their like off times where they were sort of in between scenes. I was kind of wandering around. <laughs> what else am I going to do? You know, but, but if really, they're not going to stop you, I mean, you might as well go check out what's going on. And explore the space. And in between scenes, Kristen and Eric were uh, preparing an additional scene, like another scene. It was for the, for the uh, following day. And when I went to, and I'll tell you why in a minute, but I was walking out near Eric's desk, like the desk, you know, Oliver's desk, and I happened to see some sides, again, pages from a script that were just kind of hanging out. Well, I'm walking towards them. <laughs> and from behind me, I hear Kristen say, Eric, your sides. <laughs> You need to get your sides because I was about to pick up what was going to be the scene for the next day. And the scene for the next day was that final sequence where, you know, Shane and Oliver are kind of reuniting and having that moment. Uh, so she was just saving me, well, me from being spoiled, but also like, you know, the cat from being out of the bag kind of a thing. So I appreciated it. I like that she kind of knew that like, you know, that she knew that I was somebody who like had who would like want that kind of information, but like kind of protected me from it in a sense, mm -hmm. but like also made sure that Eric knew that his stuff was just lying around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I want to know how you found out about the scene that was about to get spoiled. Uh, oh gosh, how did I figure that out? Yeah, because obviously you didn't know. So. No, you know what? I think Martha told me later about that. Okay. I think I put two and two together because what they were talking about they were trying to make decisions about the following day and like what they would be doing and they kept going off like Kristen and Eric kept going off into like little places to like study for the following day and so I think it was because I actually went so after Higher Ground got filmed this is like the second time but like but Martha actually invited me to come out to California the first time like to see that movie to like see it after it was finished um wow. and some other folks and and like there was kind of an event going on like some other part of that weekend but anyway so we watched it together and I think that's what she ended up telling me is that like that's what it was like that's 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 the scene that was that was being filmed okay, that other okay. Day. yeah because I was about to say wait a minute if it didn't how do you, get yeah, spoiled how do then how, do you, how did you know then now what you were doing then no I figured out later because there's a lot of these stories that I know I shared on um a and d I think that ended up being like more like retrospective of being things that I could finally kind of talk a little bit more about because mm -hmm. the movie was out and you know all that kind of a thing um because there was another thing about you know she asked me like which way does Chris which way does Holly turn in the chair and from Paris with love that was something and I couldn't talk about that beforehand but uh the answer is clockwise is always clockwise um because that means they have to turn around for longer they get more screen time so that's how you can remember that little fun fact if you oh. ever do that for your friends <laughs> <laughs> or if you are an actress and you would like a tip that's the one yeah so if you ever have to in a chair, clockwise because it requires more time to get got to it the camera somehow or at least to the angle that the camera was at at that particular time about higher ground that i found out later that kind of helped me put all the little pieces together about what i was seeing and what was happening like mm -hmm. for instance i knew that steve was going to be in that movie and i knew that because i saw his picture on the wall in the wardrobe room oh but what i didn't end up catching was that he was in the movie like so i saw it but i didn't see it and so it wasn't until after the movie i was like oh my gosh it's steve like steve <laughs> and it all made sense <laughs> about why i had seen his picture i just thought oh well they must have all of their casts like you know put out for right. like at all times because everyone's important 
No. I mean, it seems that important. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Well, he is I kind of say anything about it. Like, what do you think I saw this for you guys? Like, you know, <laughs> something I saw, I didn't even think to ask questions. I just saw it. I saw his name in the script thing and I was like, oh, okay. Oh. <laughs> I was like, I just didn't even see it. I was just so like in awe that I was holding a script in my hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and I wasn't going to get past the first like six or seven pages as I was, that was my limit was the first six or seven pages. Right. Mm-hmm. First scene break, you know, that was like the instructions I had. So I wasn't going to be able to see anyway. So I guess I just thought, whatever, you know, <laughs> I'll just wait. <laughs> I'll just wait. <laughs> Because I can't ask anybody, no one's gonna answer me. So he's like right. a big part of that movie, and that's why Kristen wasn't with them a lot of the time when they were filming that that movie because she was in other places filming other sequences. So right, I mean, it makes total sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah. I mean, looking back. Yeah. Um, so odd question: Are they the cast? Are they taller or shorter than you expect them to be? That's always a fun thing we like to ask. I know on the podcast, the, um, the nine of us are always like, wait, how tall are you? Like, I thought Anne, one of our I podcasts, thought was I thought she was like, like five, six. She's I five, know. two. She's and I'm like, two. you're shorter than me. What? <laughs> so, it's yeah. just a funny conversation we have on the, on the Hallmarkies podcast is our height. Oh, okay. So yeah. Anne thought, Anne thought I was taller too. So I was like, nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> everyone was about the height that I expected them to be uh okay. I don't know like I mean it's exactly what you would see on screen it's you know they proportion they're the same size so like I'm five seven Eric was taller than me obviously Kristen and I were like Kristen was a little bit shorter than me Crystal was about my height you know uh I guess Jeff was like a little bit shorter than me like it, everybody was at the exact height that I expected. <laughs> no okay. apple boxes were used <laughs> no no there was no surprises or anything <laughs> like that no no, everybody was, yeah, I what I expected. I really didn't have any, I was just like, they're people. I don't really have any expectations. I went in there trying mm-hmm. to remind myself that everyone here is a person that has a life that goes on outside of here that, you know, they're trying yeah. to film this in two weeks, like kind of a timeline that that's not, that's not typical because it was right before Thanksgiving holiday. So, you know, I was just oh. kind of thinking of them as people like that were just kind of wanting to get this done, but like wanting to put in all their best work, wanting to be efficient, my, not getting in their way was like one of my main concerns. Um, I was really blessed when people from the crew came over and like, wow, did you get to know SSD and like asking me questions and like Mm -hmm. Kevin Fair, their director, even talked to me a little bit. So, you know, I was, when they took a little bit of time, even just like acknowledge the fact I was kind of in the space and that was really cool. So, yeah. So I have an interpretation question. You've talked about your plaid theory. Yes. That the more plaid a person wears, the more stress their character is under. So dad pa- mm-hmm. papa was uh he was wearing plaid this entire movie i because mm-hmm. i watched i looked for it mm-hmm. and he's probably the least the least stressed person on the on the film and you know of course there there are moments when oliver has his his uh plaid suit on and so obviously oliver is going through a whole lot of stress um but uh but yeah joe's got joe's got plaid the entire movie Mm -hmm. even when things are perfectly fine and 
in the beginning when he's dating Kate and things mm-hmm. are hunky dory. Do you have a do you have a, a theory on that? Joe's, I haven't done anything with Joe's with Joe's clothing. That's true. But what, are we sure he wasn't stressed? Because to be honest, like kind of his behavior, the entire this movie is just so kind of like anti-Joe like or he's just like so kind of out there because if you think about it like he's trying to date somebody and he's rushing into it and you know it, in my opinion he traded birds for butterflies I mean she's a lepidopterist and she's in charge of the butterflies remember how birds was so associated with like Holly and with his like the, his wife is you know widowed wife and like the men the O'Toole men have this like I don't know attraction to these things that tend to fly away what does Kate do she flies away and not only does she fly away she flies away with some other guy like you know he's trying I feel like he's trying to like do all these things to like get his life in order and like mm-hmm. move on that list that he said he had in, in uh, Lost Without You and like I feel like he's just kind of like moving and doing things so I don't think it's necessarily stressed as in oh I'm so stressed that I'm kind of like locked up and not knowing what to do but like stressed in the sense that he's like trying to figure out what's next and like going for things like in kind of all the wrong ways and still trying to kind of find his footing in this new space that he's he's got you mean because he's got a son you know he's in a new season of life he's got a great relationship with his son he's got this great relationship and community you know Mm -hmm. with Norman and Rita and Ramon you know he's got his you know vegetables and stuff you know he's just kind of like trying to figure out what his new life is like Mm -hmm. um and I wouldn't say it was necessarily like stressful but like it's a this huge opportunity, this huge process. And he hasn't quite figured out who he is and like how he fits into this like environment quite yet. So if I were to put any kind of label on the plaid, that might be some of it, but you're totally right. I haven't even touched his wardrobe. So like, it can oh, okay. So yeah, it can the, mean anything. So the, so the plaid, the plaid theory is for the four of them, the four. I feel like, yeah, a lot of the color, okay. a lot of the color and wardrobe stuff, because they have, it has such like a long standing vision. I feel like it really does set mostly with those main four because that's what I, I sat with but it okay. would be something to look into honestly yeah. with everyone else because I don't really have a solid interpretation because he does like seem to wear plaid like 100% of the time like he doesn't and he's the most laid back character but I almost feel like for a sense he I don't know if he even was laid back because if you read some of the stuff that I put out right after he sort of came into the picture he's in a very dark place actually mm-hmm. oh um, right there yeah it's, yeah like in the very beginning he is like kind of in a dark place and if you get into lost without you he's in a dark place like i think higher ground is the first time where he's kind of able to enter a new space where maybe he's not really in that dark place he sees the light he sees a lot of opportunity and a lot of hope and like just a lot of like new things he's grounded and that's something he hadn't been before you know not only is he literally working in the earth with vegetables but he's grounded in community in home in family mm-hmm. Um, and in a lot of other ways, ways that are really important for him to be to support Oliver in this season where Oliver is a wreck 100% of the time like he's the one who's really stressed in a wreck. And I feel like he was really important for um, Joe to be in a place where he could support him fully. And that started with Joe being really set um, and supported and grounded um, in all the ways that he was in that film in yeah. higher ground. Okay, I can buy that. Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> No, I'm That's just like okay, yeah. let that go for now. <laughs> we'll just go with that. More to come. More to come. More to come, guys. <laughs> Interpretation of Joseph O'Toole's wardrobe. wardrobe. <laughs> Coming to a blog near you. Right. Indeed. Well, are there any other fun uh, set stories or any other fun tidbits or facts that you can share that maybe you haven't shared yet on the blog or? Um, no, I think- pretty transparent for about all the like everything that I 
that I think I, I could post, I have posted. Yeah. And if I could say I had said, I mostly like, you have to ask me a question and then I'll answer it for you. <laughs> like kind of a thing. Mm. <laughs> because there are plenty of things that I could probably say if I was like prompted or like have a thought to do so. But most of the stuff that I know I've shared, I think. Yeah. Wait. Okay. So Here. I've got one. Casey, this is, this is one that we were talking about. Why a potato? <laughs> oh yeah for um charlene the potato charlene i don't know but i did see a lot of potatoes growing like in like water containers on set and i couldn't figure out like what those were about until the, i saw them actually filming the scene where they were trying to name the actual potato <laughs> i don't know in a way i don't i don't know why they chose a potato in particular but for me it's kind of like that physical representation that little that passport for their relationship that eleanor mm-hmm. sort of provided because eleanor you know she didn't have like a whole bunch of family except the family that she made at the post office and I guess this potato that she was working on here and so like they adopted her sort of lonely potato and made it a family and that I feel like it's that family experiment that Norman and Rita sort of had that allowed their relationship to sort of grow and take root and descend mm-hmm. um and that new way that ultimately caused Norman to decide to propose which is also sort of because of how things were going with Shane and Oliver, but whatever. Like no pun, in, no pun intended. Take yeah, root. no pun intended. Yeah, take root. No, that was that was on purpose. I said that on purpose. Um, <laughs> I knew what I was doing when I did it, but um, that's what I would say. I don't know why they chose that particular thing, but I do think obviously that it did prove to have like I think a very important purpose, and it definitely tied into what Joe was doing with the vegetables. So mm-hmm. I think in a way it kind of allowed things to sort of tie in together. Um, in ways that were important because he kind of had to have more of a relationship with Norman and Rita in this one Joe did um, than maybe he had to before and I think Mm -hmm. it allowed everybody to get connected in in a lot of different ways yeah yeah I mean yeah the potato thing was a little odd because I was like well I guess I guess that has to be a lot like something they're growing because they take it it's like their surrogate child they bury it which means it's gonna grow and sprout off more potatoes. <laughs> Just think of it as a pet rock with oh, yeah. the potential to become a side dish. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> pet rock with the potential to become a side dish. Yeah, it's one so, of the best lines. <laughs> super fun. Yeah, I and know. Joe was able to help them figure out what to do next with it because I mean they were trying to figure out they didn't even really know kind of what they were gonna do next and of course Joe was there to say well let's plant it you know and then like I think there's like a deleted scene where he he interacts with um Norman and Rita like on specifically on the point of the potato and like what do we do with it now and as he's like oh. getting advice and that's why they end up um burying it and then taking it to the community garden and allowing it to grow and all that kind of a thing so oh. that kind of, that's on A&D that's in the international the international scenes section these deleted scenes would have been really nice to see yeah there are there are a few yeah that provide a little bit more context yeah for for different things how he gets that's how joe gets to the dlo he actually brings a huge basket of like fruits and some fruits of his labor to oliver at the dlo and then that's when he tells him initially about what happened um with steve some of that information and then it cuts to that scene with norman and rita coming out but because Norman and Rita scene sums up the facts so nicely, they ended up cutting those that piece of it out, the piece Bummer. of the story out, because they didn't need it. There's yeah. this really nice little sum up there that um, Norman did on the way out when they were trying to, you know, figure out, oh, do you want to do nicknames and stuff? 
it, it summed everything up. So they didn't yeah. have to go that far. So they ended up just cutting back to um, Oliver and his dad and talking about the kiss and, mm-hmm. you know, how the date went and all that kind of a thing. I see. Yeah. yeah. So that's how those things sort of connect together. And it's not all pretty obvious. You'd have to like have seen every possible little clip or thing. Right. To get that little bit of context that would allow you to figure out why those things were connected, the potato and everybody and why they were um, like growing in all that kind of a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And now that makes sense as to why um, Joe's in the DLO talking to Oliver. Because at first it was kind of like, you just make a random stop that work for fun. No, he he was bringing vegetables from the garden by for him to have, for Oliver to have. And he obviously was coming up at a very sensitive time. He just, you know. (laughs) just left the night before and there's some more dialogue about that where he almost won't even like Oliver won't even speak to what happened essentially (laughs) it's very like it's a very like tight window of of, like information and space but it's yeah it's definitely worth going to see because it provides a little more context about Oliver's immediate sort of reaction and feeling about Mm -hmm. how things went down yeah post post Steve dropping in space yeah super fun oh all righty. Well, Kimmy, do you have any other questions before we wrap it up for the night? Let's wrap it. Let's wrap. This has been super fun. And we'll sign, seal, deliver it. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. <laughs> All righty, Postables. Well, thanks for joining us on our discussion about Chandel's a trip to the DLO and all these fun little tidbits and all these burning questions that Cammy and I've had since watching Higher Ground. Um, where can people find your blog? I know I shouted it out in the beginning, but um, feel free to shout out your Twitter handle and your blog so people oh, can so find you. At Alameda Downing on Twitter and Alameda Downing blog.weebly.com on the internet. Awesome. So check it out and make sure you have time to rabbit hole down the blog because lots of good things, lots of fun things. And when the new movie comes out, because well, you know what, we still have that hope and trust the timing, hashtag trust the timing. timing. I'm sure Shandell will be back with more fun things to scoop about. (laughs) Alrighty. Bye you guys. Bye everybody. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Deliver Me a Podcast. If you want to know what's going to happen next week, be sure you are following us on Twitter at Deliver Me a Pod and on Instagram at Deliver Me a Podcast. We also have a merch store where you can buy tons of post things for you and your friends. We'll see you next week. <laughs>